Hi, this is Shane, and you're listening to the Cross-Examination Podcast, where we discuss eternal truths for today's believers. Today, we're sharing a very special episode with you. It's a live broadcast of a Bible teaching I did recently about salvation, where I asked the question, are you saved? So as always, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy. And I want to talk to you about why you need a savior tonight. Um, You need a savior because you, when you were born, were dead to sin. You were born dead to sin. And um, this is because of what happened in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned, And the Bible tells us that they brought a curse upon all humanity, and that was the curse of sin and death. And in Acts 17, it tells us that from Adam came all people. Romans 5.12 says that sin entered the world through one man, and that man was Adam. Romans 15, or excuse me, Romans 5.16 says, because we are his offspring, we stand condemned. So we were born dead to sin. We were born cursed and a slave to sin because of what happened in the garden. We need a savior for that reason. Without a savior, we can never join our creator in eternity. You see, our God is a holy, holy God. Because he is so perfectly holy and we are so imperfectly sinful, we cannot be with him in eternity. But Jesus... Jesus, a perfect, spotless, sinless man, offered himself as a sacrifice for humankind. He went to the cross to die. And God allowed the blood of Jesus to serve as the necessary sacrifice for our sin. He is our salvation. We've heard the term being saved, and when I say saved, I mean we've been saved by our faith in Jesus. But today I want to talk to you about the finer points of salvation. I want to talk to you about um, what it, what all of the intricacies of salvation. And I want you to learn this for yourself, but I want you to learn it so that you can teach other people. So you are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to scripture alone, for his glory alone alone. We are going to learn about all five of these things tonight. So let's start with grace alone, being saved by grace alone. Open your Bibles to Titus chapter 3 verse 4. Titus chapter 3 verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing and the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You have received this gift of salvation, if you have it, by grace alone. You have not earned it. 
God tells us that this, this gift of salvation is, it justifies us. It uses the word justified. And when we refer to justification in the Bible, we're referring to exactly what Romans chapter 3, verse 24 tells us. That being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are made right because of Jesus. Because of the grace through redemption that is Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved. By grace. Through faith. And not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, God knows us so well that he knew if he offered us salvation that could be achieved by works, that we would boast about it. It doesn't give God glory to offer us salvation if it's something that we can achieve on our own through our good deeds. The reality of it is that you have no good deeds. Can I tell you in love that the Bible does not say you are a good person? In fact, it says the opposite. And I say this because I want you to know the truth. And I understand that it might be offensive to some people, but the Bible is offensive. Because in this book, God calls us depraved, wicked, prone to wander. But because of his grace... He saves us anyway. You are saved through faith alone. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's just Jesus. It's not Jesus plus works. It's not Jesus plus healing. It's not Jesus plus miracles. It's not Jesus plus tongues. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's just faith in Jesus. Where Christianity separates from so many other religions is all other religions require you to do good works. And that's wrong because the Bible says that your righteous deeds, your good works are as filthy rags. I had just read you a moment ago, Titus 3 says not by works, but righteousness because salvation cannot be earned. There is no act, no work, or no deed that can make you right with God. Only faith. And this is really important for you because a lot of you have been taught that you have to pray a special prayer, that you have to invite Jesus into your heart. But do you know that the Bible does not say invite Jesus into your heart? The Bible does not give you a list of words that you're supposed to pray prior to salvation. The Bible says believe and receive the gift of eternal life. Now, you are saved by faith alone, and you should say, well, if I'm not required to do good works, why should I ever do anything good? It's not faith plus works equals salvation. Because of your faith, you have salvation, and you want to do good works. The works are the evidence of your salvation, not the prerequisite. When you love Jesus, you want to do good things. You want to obey him. You want to be near him. You want to serve the poor. You want to feed the hungry. You want to clothe the naked. You want to do those things because you love him. And if you are sitting before me today and you are dwelling in wickedness, 
and you're living in sin and you don't particularly feel convicted and a lot of times you enjoy it, I would ask you to really examine yourself and ask if you're really saved. And don't examine your heart because the Bible says your heart is wicked and deceitful. Have an honest conversation with the Holy Spirit. Am I saved? Now, some people may feel, you shouldn't ask me that. Don't make me question my salvation. But the Bible says that on the day that we return to God, that some people are going to cry out, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I do miracles in your name? And what's God going to say? Depart from me. I never knew you. People aren't just going to say, Lord, I know you. There are people going, Lord, Lord, here on earth. There are people prophesying and doing miracles and preaching in the name of Jesus. And God says that when some people get to heaven, even if they've done all of those things, they're not going to be saved. You know why? Because what comes out of your mouth does not save you. It's what you believe that saves you. It's by faith alone that you are saved. In Christ alone. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And not one, not one comes to the Father except through me. I know a lot of, pe- a lot of people want to be kind and they want to believe that their friends who don't, who don't believe in Jesus, that they're somehow going to end up in eternity in heaven. And there are people who say all roads lead to heaven. And can I tell you one of the most evil and wicked things you can do is convince someone who is not saved that they're going to spend eternity in heaven. How cruel it would be to convince somebody that they're safe when they're not. If you do not believe in Jesus, you are not saved. You are not justified. You are not made right. God is the moral standard. Are you offended yet? Are you offended by these words yet? That I'm up here questioning your salvation and I'm telling you that you're wicked and I'm telling you that there's only one way to get to God. Does that sound mean to you? Please don't redefine love here on earth because a lot of people think that what I'm saying is unloving, that it's intolerant and because it's intolerant, it must be unloving. But we cannot be tolerant of things that lead people to destruction. That is evil. And I am not sorry if my words are offending you. It is the deepest desire of my heart that you would meet the Holy Spirit here tonight, that you would reconcile your life to God, that you would believe in him, that you would receive him, and that you would go on to serve him all the days of your life. Mark 10, 18 says that not one person is good except for God. No one is good. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin are death. The consequence for our sin is death. But because, and because God is a just God, he must punish sin. He is perfectly just and requires that someone pay for our sins. And you may say, well, that doesn't really sound like justice to me. 
what God is saying is justice doesn't sound like justice to me. Well, I can assure you that you are the one who is wrong. And when we elevate our opinion and our notion of justice over his, it's idolatry. We are no different than the Israelites in the desert melting down gold jewelry to make a calf because we are not willing to wait to worship the God that made us. Our pride is the reason that we don't agree with God. Our pride is the reason that we think that we are right. And our pride is the reason that we are not willing to speak the truth of the gospel for fear that we may be rejected by people who call us intolerant. I am not going to answer to people on earth. I'm going to answer to a God in heaven. And it is the fear of the Lord that causes me to speak the truth to you tonight. Examine yourselves. Are you saved? If you left this building tonight and you died, would you go to hell? Or would you meet God in heaven? If you said, Lord, Lord, would he know you? The question isn't whether you know Jesus. The question is whether Jesus knows you. Amen. Does Jesus know you? Romans 1, 16 through 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of of God to save everyone who believes for the Jew first and also the Greek for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith when we have faith in Jesus we are justified and made right before God there is no other way Amen. we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, according to scripture alone. This is where Christianity, as we practice it, separates from other religions who use tradition in addition to scripture. Everything you need for salvation is located in the pages of the gospel, in the pages of the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Isaiah 53 spends the entire chapter predicting the, the death of Jesus. It was God's will that Jesus should die for our sins. This is according to the scripture. It was not an act of malice. It was not an act of revenge. It was not a ransom paid to the devil. The, the Bible says that this was God's plan for his children. So we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, according to scripture alone, and for the glory of God alone. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Do everything to the glory of God. Everything. Have you ever tried eating breakfast to the glory of God? How does one do everything to the glory of God? But that is what we are called to do. Through salvation, through living, through evangelizing. This is how we are called to give glory to God. 
First um, Peter chapter four says, in all things that God would be glorified, in all things that God would be glorified through Jesus Christ. God didn't save you because you're awesome. He saved you in spite of your wickedness. Why? For his glory. God is all about his glory. Second Corinthians 3, 9 says, if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? When you believe, you have a certain hope for a future beyond this world. I'm not saying that you can't have doubts. Lord knows we have doubts. In fact, maybe you should speak your doubts out more to God. He already knows you have doubts. So what if instead of being scared of your doubts, what if instead of being scared that maybe your doubts will cause you to lose your faith, you take your doubts with open hands and you bring them to God and you say, help me understand. Too many of us take our theology and we hold them with closed fists as we approach the cross, unwilling to admit that we might be wrong about something. Nobody can touch this and nobody can touch that. And this is what I believe. It is time to take what you believe with open hands to the cross and say, God, help me believe in only the truth. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. Thank you so much for listening today. Please share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. Please also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts because that helps other people find it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at cross-examination podcast. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash cross-examination podcast. I release new episodes every Friday, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. Until next time, bye.